There we, there we go. Is that better? Is that better? Am I on? Yeah? Yeah. The um, things change, don't they? The microphones are better in Dorset. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's the operator. It's still the operator. I had it on mute. It's my fault. It is so lovely to be back here with you. Um, a lot has changed. Uh, we arrived back as a family just uh, yesterday at lunchtime and uh, took a few walks around the area and we went over to um, Acton Green Common. One of the things that's changed um, uh, uh, for us is, I don't know if we can get the picture up on the screen, is, is, is this. No, not that. That hasn't changed. That's still the same. I think that's the... In a minute you may see what, something that's changed. Um, that's, that's something that's changed for us. The old and the new Auburn. So um, uh, that's our puppy, that's, um, uh, and his name is Auburn. So yesterday I couldn't resist taking the opportunity of taking a photo of Auburn outside St Albans. Um, and it's a sort of picture of what's changed in the last seven, eight months or whatever um, since, we were last, since we were last here. Um, as I say, it is lovely to be with you and to have the opportunity to preach to you um, this morning. And, uh, Things do change, though, don't they? Even as I look out um, at this congregation, some of you look younger than you ever did. Um, some of you have had haircuts. You can see Angela's had a haircut. Um, and um, it's, it, it, change happens. Sometimes change can be uh, a little disconcerting um, when change happens. Sometimes change can be exciting. A question I want to ask as we look at this subject of new wine and new wineskins is... Um, is what's change and what's new. So change always happens in life. It was, um, I think it was a Greek philosopher, I had to look it up, called Heraclitus, who said that the only constant in life is change. We're quite familiar with that phrase, I expect. The only constant in life is change. But the thing is, there will always be change, but there isn't always something new. New life, new hope, new purpose, new wine. And as you've been journeying through the last few weeks, this series in Mark, it jumps out. Um, it screams at you from Mark's gospel, doesn't it? The, the, the pace of change and transformation that Jesus brings when he comes into this world, when new wine comes into the world. So if, you, if you've got your Bible open in front of you, a quick scan through um, some of the places that you've been, we see that, that, this new, that there's good news. That first, chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. This is a new happening in history, that Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, is stepping into the world. And then it carries on and it carries on, and we see that there's a new authority in the world. Verse 22 of chapter 1, the people are amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. A new teaching, a new authority over men. So he calls people and they leave whatever they're doing to follow him. Verse 18, verse 20 of chapter 1. A new authority over demonic powers verse 26 and 27 of chapter 1. What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. A new authority over sickness. People are healed all over the place. 
A new authority, chapter 2, verse 10, over sin. He says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the man, said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. The people say in verse 12, we have never seen anything like this. This is new. And I want to suggest to us this morning that, and it's one of the joys that I have in coming back here, is to know that I was... um, part of, I guess, maybe, if you'll allow me, still part of the family and of the story here at this church. Because this is a place that over the time that I've known it and long before, from what I know of the history, has seen God doing new things. Not just change, new chairs and a new church and a new roof over that church and and new um, contactless payment things, which I've discovered at the back of church this morning. Not just change for change's sake, but actually new wine, new life, transformation. You know, there's this, um, I couldn't help getting a bit scientific, a bit geeky about this. So I, I did an aeronautical engineering degree before I ended up um, being a vicar. And um, there's this, uh, the scientists among you will know this. John Mullaney will probably know all about this. There's this word called entropy. And it comes from the second law of thermodynamics. And what it basically states is that there is constant change. What it says is there will be this constant movement towards decay and disorder and more and more complexity. I'm not going to try and give you a lecture on entropy. I couldn't anyway. But what I find interesting about this is is it basically sums up what Heraclitus said, that the only constant in life is change. And we see in our world that if you leave things the same, they decay. Or just in life, they tend to greater and greater disorder, like Brexit, for example. (laughs) Um, Or um, like um, uh, families. You get um, two people together who love each other very much and get married, and they start having children and puppies, and it leads to greater and greater disorder and chaos. We see it in life everywhere. You um, have a church over the way there that you leave and you think you're not changing, but actually it begins to decay and fall apart and weeds grow up and without doing anything to it. There is just decay, it's entropy, it's change. There is always change. The question is whether you can find a church or a community or you yourself a place where there's newness and new life. And that, of course, is the story of every Christian. It's the story that, of the Gospels. It's the story, by the grace of God, of this church and of so many in it and of St Albans, where there could have just been a decay, an entropy. There is actually new life. And you know, the fascinating thing, and the reason I went to the word entropy, is the fascinating thing, and and again, John will probably know this from the Greek, but what entropy actually means is entrope. It means inner transformation. Inner transformation. And so what I want to suggest to us is what the gospel offers to us, what Jesus offers to us and continues to offer us with new wine and new life, isn't change for change's sake, but it's, it's not entropy, 
as the second law of thermodynamics would describe it, but entrope, inner transformation, new life. And the challenge of the gospel is that some people don't like this new change. They don't like change. They think it's just change. They don't recognize that it's new life. And so they try and fit it in with their way of doing religion. If that doesn't work, then they throw the baby out with the wine, as it were, in Jesus. Uh, There's the urge of these verses in Mark's gospel. It says, don't try and fit it in with your normal pattern of life. John's disciples are doing a very um, perfectly noble thing. There were certain fasts that all had to adhere to, and it sounds like they fasted a couple of times during the week at different points. This isn't a polemic against fasting. But there's a sense in what Jesus is saying is here is no, when I'm with you, when I'm here, when you experience this new life, this entrope, this new wine, then you can't fit me into your patterns, your old patterns. In the same way that you can't, he uses the classic example, pour new wine into an old wineskin. It just won't work. I think a challenge for us as individuals is to keep asking um, God for more new wine and to expand what he's doing in our lives, to deepen what he's doing in our lives. Because, of course, new wine, when it was put in a new wineskin, would carry on fermenting and growing and stretching the skin that it was put in. Are there areas where, of your life that you continue to need stretching or growing? Are there areas of this church's life that are going to need to continue to be stretched and grown or changed or moved because God is doing entrope rather than entropy in this community? I want to tell you a story, if I might, of the kind of thing that um, I mean from our, from our new context, if you'll indulge me with a story. There's um, uh, a lovely couple that have come to faith in the last um, term. And uh, Kaylee, the wife, is helping on our current Alpha course. And she said, not for the first time, um, just last week, she was describing another story of something else that God had changed in her life. And she just said, my life will never be the same, will it? I said, no, it won't ever be the same. It'll be better, but it won't ever be the same. She is rejoicing at the moment. She's kind of in that honeymoon period at the pace of change that Jesus is bringing in her life. I I remember the evening I went over to their home. Adrian, her husband, had come to faith two days earlier. And I went over one evening to to chat with them and to pray with them and really to, to hear Adrian's story. Because, to my knowledge, he was the first person that had become a new believer in our church since I'd arrived. So I wanted to hear firsthand his story. As I went there, and as we, um, as we spoke, it became very clear, very evident, that actually that night was about Kaylee and her appointment with the Lord and her coming to new life and receiving Jesus for herself. Uh, she almost couldn't help herself. She, could, she really couldn't help herself. She came and sat down on the sofa, and as soon as I asked her a question and got to start speaking, she started crying. And she was like, I'm so sorry, I don't know what's going on. I, go, I, can't, I seem overcome with emotion. I can't help it. Because new wine was being poured into a new wineskin, and she was being changed. She came to church um, the following Sunday and told me something I hadn't realized. 
She said, uh, they've got three beautiful young children. And she said, actually, I've, I've had postnatal depression for the last, well, since the youngest was born, since William was born. I've had postnatal depression for about, I think it's 14, 15 months, years. And she said, last, that night when you came over and prayed for me, it went. I woke up the next morning with a love for my family and for my husband that I've, I've not had in those 15 months. She came to church and she was just grinning and she said, I asked her in between the services, How, how's it going? And she said, I've never experienced church like that. She said, I've come before, I've got stuff from it, but today I just can't help thinking it's true. It's really true. Jesus is true. He's amazing. She told me on the night she became a fit Christian, she was worried because she felt she'd never be able to share her faith with anybody. She'd never be able to tell anyone. And yet, weeks later, she was inviting more of her friends on Alpha. And last week, she went to visit a friend in Trowbridge whose marriage looks like it might be falling apart and was praying for her. And by the time she'd left, there was a new hope for them in their married life. And the day after we'd been speaking, she was about to start an Alpha course on the housing estate near where she is. You see, when Jesus, new wine is poured in, new life happens and change happens. And sometimes that change can feel uncomfortable, but it's not entropy, it's entrope. New wine. I want to encourage you in this place and coming back to this church. As I say, I, I see change happening. In fact, in many ways, it seems that the pace of change has increased since I left. The stop has been taken out of the bottle. And it's wonderful to see so many of the changes. Last night, as I say, I had the opportunity to go and pray again in the prayer chapel, the new prayer chapel at St. Albans. What an amazing place. Richard gave me the key and said, well, if you want to go off and pray. Just like he did in December 2013, when I came down for the first time, he gave me the key and said, why don't you go and pray in there for a bit? And the story began. And there is so much change, but what encourages me in this place is it's never change for change's sake. It's always Jesus. It's always driven by new wine and trying to create new wineskins and new ways in which we can be stretched and grown. I keep saying we, maybe I should be saying you now, us, in which we can be stretched and grown by this new wine. And I want to urge you as well, Richard mentioned you're looking at thinking, trying to get, sign up for membership and to think about stewardship um, and what we give um, to the Lord because of everything that he's given us. I want to encourage you. I'm no longer one of the team here, so I'm not sort of appealing for your money. But I want to say that when you find a place and a community where new wine is happening and new life is happening for you and for the church and you can see it happening everywhere else, sign up. Give everything that you can. Time, prayer, money to continue to see that new life happen. Because there are plenty of examples in the world, plenty of churches even in the world, where entropy is increasing, the furniture's being moved around, there's some changes going on, but there's no entrope, no inner 
transformation. No new wine. But here, there is. And it's a special place. It will always be a special place for us and our family. Uh, we, we miss it in many ways. We're, we're fine. We love where we are. And we love our new church. But this is a special place. And uh, it's a thrill to be back with you and to encourage you in some way and to, uh, to celebrate with you, again, the new wine that God has brought into this place and is bringing into this place. And um, I'm going to pray for us as I close and pray for you. Lord, I want to thank you that you are with us by your Spirit. I want to thank you for your love for us and for every heart here that has welcomed you in, that has tasted the new wine. I want to pray, Lord, for anyone here who is unsure or uncertain as to whether to to allow you full access in their life to be able to do whatever you want to do. I want to pray, Lord, that you would warm their hearts to you by your Holy Spirit. That you would give them, where necessary, new wineskins for the wine that you're pouring in. I want to thank you for being able to be part of a story and part of a church where kingdom life is happening. Where inner transformation is happening, where change is happening, not for change's sake, but because it glorifies Jesus. Lord, fill this church and fill St. Albans with your Holy Spirit. Pour out new wine. Continue to pour out new wine. Continue to do whatever you want to do in this church expanding and growing and deepening and stretching that they might see more and more new life, inner transformation. Amen.